0: through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. The great white throne judgment. Revelation 20, verse 11. And then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was no place for them. And then I saw the dead, both small and great, standing before God. And the, sorry, and then he choked. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works and by the things which were written in the books. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up their dead, who were in them and they were judged each one according to their works And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire Now this is the second death And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire Let's pray Lord. Thank you again for this day a beautiful day Lord to worship you in spirit and in truth and come To be a part of the body of Christ Lord that will enter into eternity Lord, blessed is your name and all the works that you have done, through your Son upon the cross and the empty tomb, and Lord, through the church through the ages, to stand firm to the truth in your word. And so, Lord, bless our time now and bless the teachers in the back. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, keep your place here. We're going to move around today. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 9. You're going to get a workout today. Hebrews 9, verse 27. Most of you have this highlighted. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but then the judgment. That's it. Turn back to Revelation. Where did I go? There I am. Look at verse 6 of Revelation 20, because this is what uh, we studied a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at the marriage uh, supper of the Lamb. But it was a verse that just stood out, and then uh, I I said that we would come back to it at the end of the chapter, and that's where we are. But he says, "Blessed (coughs) Blessed and holy is he who has a part in the first resurrection, and such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests... Of God and of the of Christ and shall reign with Him a thousand years, and now this second death is what we're looking at today. We we talked about this earlier. Uh, uh, born twice, die once. Die twice, born once. And the idea is, are born once. Uh, die twice, is as a believer, I'm born once physically, and then spiritually, I am born again. Therefore, I only die once, or I get raptured away. Yes? To the unsaved, you're born once, you die, and then we'll see today, you will die again. That is the second resurrection. And so, that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at God raising up the dead from all of the ages, from Adam all the way to the time in which whatever that's going to be. Now, I don't want you to be confused with the judgment seat of Christ where the believers will have their works judged and rewarded. At this judgment, there will be only unbelievers and there will be no rewards. And so John is going to describe to us this awesome scene that he sees heaven and earth flee away and there will be nowhere to hide except standing in front of the judge. But for the Christian, and this is what we're going to do in the beginning, so that we would have an understanding of where we are as well. For the Christian, they stand before Christ at the Bema Seat. How many of you have heard of the phrase, the Bema Seat? There was a great old Petra album called the Bema Seat. Anybody remember the band Petra if you're, wow, that's old. I'm looking around. Come on, people. Come on, man. So the Bema Seat, which is different from the great white throne judgment, and that's what we're going to look at at the beginning, and then we'll come back to Revelation and look at this great white throne judgment. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you're about to go to the second judgment. Let me, uh, this is just going to be free. You don't want to be involved in the verses we're about to read. You want to be in the first group. That's us, the church. So are you ready? Let's go to 2 Corinthians five seven. Not seven, ten. Five ten. Paul writing to the church of Corinth telling us in 2 Corinthians 5:10 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and that each one may receive the things that are done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad did you see that let's read it again for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This is Corinthians, obviously, Paul writing to the church. This is not for the unbeliever. They don't have a part in this. This is us. When does this judgment seat time take place? Not real sure, but probably after the rapture of the church, there will be a time. Remember, we have that seven-year marriage feast of Lent. Sometime in there... Uh, you and I, each one of us, will stand before our Lord and give an account. And we'll talk about that as we go. Now listen, the Corinthians would have understood what Paul was referencing. He was referencing the Bema seat. For that is where the athletes were given their reward. So when there was an Olympic Games, they came to the Bema seat to receive their reward. So, Paul tells us that we will all, as believers, stand before the reward stand, the judgment seat of Christ, where everyone's works will be judged. We'll, 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 we'll unpack that. Calm down for a minute. We're going to get it all out here in a minute because we have to go over to 1 Corinthians 3 to look at that. But this is going to shed light on all that we do. Uh, All the Bible study classes that we served in. Cleaning the toilets. Listen, if you clean the toilet in a bad motive, you're not going to get a reward for that. Bummer, huh? So clean the toilets with joy. In all that we do, we should do it to the Lord. Amen? Not to ourselves. Not to see somebody else. Oh, they can see me cleaning that toilet. Now listen, how many of you, and I'm sure it's not you, it's all second service people who, when your boss was walking down the hall, you got real busy. Stop messing around, the boss is coming. And so, we're going to see that our motives for being well-pleasing to Christ is that we must all appear before the judgment seat. Actually, it's not uh, just a matter of appearing but it is made manifest. In fact, uh, there's a different uh, Bible translator, uh, translation that says it this way. We must all have our lives laid open before the tribunal of Christ. <laughs> Uh-oh. It is one thing to appear in a doctor's office. It's quite another thing to be X-ride, X-ride, x-rayed by the doctor. Everybody got that? You can stand before the doctor, but until he x-rays you, he'll know exactly what's going on with you. And so this judgment seat of Christ will reveal our lives of service for Christ exactly how they have been. Not only the amount of our service, but also the quality of our service, and that's where our motives come into it. Although our sins after conversion have been, uh, well, when we came to Christ, our sins were judged upon the cross. This is not that kind of judgment. Everybody hear that? When you accepted Christ, your sins were judged upon the cross, and they were gone. They're wiped away. Amen? Good news. So the believer doesn't stand there and have to give an account for that particular area that the great white throne people will have to go through. This is just what you and I have done in the body of Christ. Now, why is that important? Because what happens if you stand before Christ and you've got nothing to show? Do you know that you can be a Christian and yet have a wasted life? You can walk into eternity and have nothing to show for it. And that is when he will wipe away your tears because you will grieve over the time where I thought it was more important to treat myself or it's all about me, rather than the body of Christ. Going out of my way to do service for Christ. This is the only opportunity you will have to serve God. you got to get that on planet Earth before you get rewards. In the thousand-year reign, you're not going to get rewards. This is it. Well, pastor, it won't matter. I'm telling you, it will. That argument is a straw man argument. It it will matter when you get there. Again, the judgment seat has to do with our service. The judgment seat of Christ will be a place of revelation. The word appear means to be revealed. And as we live and work here on planet Earth, it is relatively easy for us to hide things and to pretend By the way, if you are a pretend uh, Christian, man, I can't stand that. Be real. When someone says, hey, what's going on in your life, don't just say what all Americans say. I'm fine. But you're not fine. What's going on in your life? How can we help you? How can we pray for you? Do you know how many times uh, my wife and I will look at... uh, you know, the, the email prayer chains and all of that, and, and then we'll hear about somebody that went through something and no one knew about and they were in the hospital or they had this accident or this, and the church didn't know about it and the church couldn't pray about it. What a bummer for you not to have 200 people praying for you. Or if it's something, uh, uh, you know, really serious, that we can put it out for other pastors and other churches around the country to be praying for. Wouldn't it be great to have tens of thousands of people praying for that situation? And so, again, we need to have our lives revealed in a way that we can help one another. And again, he will reveal in us the good and the bad or the worthless. The character of our service will be revealed. We're going to go to Corinthians in a minute. There will be a place of reckoning and give an account of all of our ministries. All pastors will stand before God and give an account of what they taught. Bless you. My heart breaks for those guys who are going down into the woke area and Jesus is going to say, that is nowhere in my gospel. One blood, one race. We don't divide in the body of Christ. Everyone who is a believer will give an account for what they have done. For those of us who have been faithful, it will be a time of rejoicing as we glorify, or we glorify in the Lord by giving us a reward back in Him, and we worship and praise Him for that. Again, it is possible to have a, a saved soul and a wasted life. And that will be judged at the the Bema Seat of Christ. This should be an encouragement in our service to the Lord, and it should remind us of the principle in Hebrews 6.10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards Him in His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Paul knows the troubles of this life were worth it because he knew that he would be rewarded by Christ for everything that he went through. Did you hear what uh, the writer was saying in Hebrews? For God is not unjust to forget. God knows he is recording everything that you are doing in the body of Christ. All that you have labored through, all that you have gone through. Uh, I'm sitting in it, I just think, I coming back from a, a mission trip overseas, India, or Nepal, or one of these, or Mauritius, I can't remember. And I'm sitting in that London airport with a, like a 102, 103 temperature, just miserable. Now, great, I just lost my reward, telling you. Just sitting there miserable, but God knows that. He knows what happened before when we were doing ministry and ministering to people, um, well, and just loving on people. God knows what you do. God knows when you work a puppet in the back. He knows when you're a shepherd in the Christmas play. He knows what you're doing in the body, even when no one else does. And by the way, that's the best thing you want. You don't want it to be shown by anybody else. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians 3. No, I'm in Revelation. That can't be good. Revelation 3. No, Corinthians 3. First Corinthians 3, verse 9. Paul now addresses this in detail, and he says, For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, and you are God's building. So note with me the phrase that he says, For we are God's fellow what? What does workers mean? A worker works. He doesn't puce it. He doesn't watch everyone else. He's not in the stadium watching them play on the field and then telling us on the field how to play the game. Oy vey. Amen. No Monday morning quarterbacking. I hear that. I've heard that for As long as I'm a pastor, I'll have somebody come up and critique something and I look at them and go, yeah, but you're not doing anything in the body of Christ. Until you get in the game, and I mean serve and be a part of and do things. And you might ask yourself, but pastor, what can I do here at Calvary Chapel, Myrtle Beach? A lot. There is a lot going on. Alec and I were just this morning talking about a new ministry that we will launch in the next couple of weeks and months. There was always something that you can be doing. You can always be praying, but you can also be cleaning toilets, children's ministry. Do you know how many times we come up week by week and say, we need people in children's ministry? We need the next generation to be ministered to and loved upon, let alone senior ministry, which is kind of scrapped right now, but it'll come back, Lord willing. It's back, see? It, it goes and it comes, it goes and it comes, and it's back. There's all kinds of different stuff. Christmas plays and VBS and lawn care, flower care out in the back. There's, all, there's pressure washing ministries. I love to talk to somebody about a pressure washing ministry. <laughs> there's just all kinds of things that we can do, let alone something that God has been laying on your heart to do. I would love, to, I was talking to someone last week, I'd love to see a transitional housing ministry that we can help people with domestic violence. And the, the list goes on and on it goes. But here's the thing, I can't do it all. In fact, that's the conversation I had with Alec. I, I love Alec that you want to do that, but I can't do that. He goes, well, I'm not telling you to do it. And that's the point. People love to go, well, pastor, you do it. I'm full. I got way too much going on. we love for you to go to Arrowwood and build cabins and move dirt and get Georgia red clay on your boots. We'd love for you to get in the game. So when you stand before Christ, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. These are the rewards that you have done in the body of Christ and for our purposes, specifically at CCMB. Because when you get those rewards, it's like giving and tithing. God's math is amazing. When you give here and we we spend that money on radio and people around this area or in the Bay Area or around the country, they get saved. That goes to your account. Is that cool or what? Somebody's going to walk up to you in heaven and say, thank you. And you're going to go, who are you? Well, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area and your pastor's radio, station, uh, radio program was on and I pulled my car off on I-80 and got saved right there in Emeryville, California or Oakland. And you wrote a check to put in that tithe box to fund the radio station and I just wanted to thank you for doing that because I'm here in the kingdom because of that. You will want to care But it says that we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, and you are God's building. By the way, if we're God's field, what is the seed? It's the word of God. And so that is how we accomplish what we accomplish. He says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold and silver and precious stone or uh, or wood, hay, and uh, straw, each one's work will become clear For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. That's what we're talking about. Now, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, and he himself will be saved, yet as though through fire. The idea is, you just got in. Woo! Your pants are on fire, but you're in. Now, look at this principle that Paul lays down. He says, we are all fellow workers. We all have a part to play in the body of Christ. Listen, I just challenge you today. I've taught this so many times. I I challenge you, what are you doing for the body of Christ? Are you just coming Sunday and Wednesday? Or just coming Sunday? What are you doing for the body of Christ? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Now, When you're doing those things, he says, each one's work, verse 13, will become clear, for the day will declare it. That's the day that we're talking about, this Bema seat, and it will become, I'm, I'm sorry, and because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So... In the previous verse, he says, if you are building on gold, silver, and precious stones, then obviously when the fire judgment of Christ looks upon that pile, it will remain. But if you did works as in wood, hay, or straw, then it will be burnt up. The idea is the motives that were behind what you were doing. If they were pure motives, they will remain. Let me give you a, for instance what's about to happen to us. You're gonna stand before Christ. I'll give myself as an example, and uh, the Lord says, "Okay, Ron, here here we go. Here's your pile. And man, that pile comes. Lord, I didn't, I didn't know I did that much stuff." He goes, "Just wait," and then he looks at it and he burns it down. And and maybe I hope it's more than this, but maybe there's like three pieces left. There's your rewards. You see, we want to have our motives pure when we serve the Lord. He says, if anyone, verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. So this is not a salvation issue. Does everybody got that? This has nothing to do with your salvation. Why? Because you're standing in heaven right before Jesus, who just said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Now let's burn up the stuff. So we're there, we're good, we're in. And that, listen, he will suffer loss. I tell you, that's the point when we mourn in heaven for a brief moment that we mourned because we realized how foolish we had been on planet earth and focusing on things that really didn't matter. And even our motives when we were serving, making sure someone is around to see me or posting it on Instagram or on Facebook so people could all glory in what you've done. You give glory to God. It is not you who obtains that glory. And if you do, then Jesus says, you have your reward. The idea is, would you rather have a pat on the back from men or a well done from Jesus? I'm gonna go with Jesus. But in the church, we are carnal people. And we can easily slip into, oh, I wanna hear well done from my fellow congregants. Or do you see what? can happen in our lives there. Okay, let me find out where I am. Let me go back, hit my notes. Oh, 2 Timothy 4, eight. 2 Timothy, last book of Paul. Paul is about to die, be beheaded for his Savior, his Lord. And he says, finally, and it's interesting that he says that. It's kind of like this is the last of me. He says, finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, listen, the righteous judge will give me on that day. What day? The Bema Seat day. And not to me only, but to also those who have loved his appearing. So Paul says, hey, my race is done. I've been poured out like a drink offering. I'm about to be executed for the cause of Christ. But when I am put to death and I stand before Christ, I will receive a reward and you also will receive that reward. Now let's go back to... Revelation 20, verse 11, he says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him him who sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was no place found for them. Please note with me a couple of things. Number one, the throne is great. Why is it great? Because him who sits, sits on the throne is great. So it's great because Jesus is sitting on the throne. But not only that, it's white because it's pure. And so whatever is about to happen is going to be justice. It's going to be right on justice. So I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was no place found for them. Did you see that everything is it flees away, there is no heaven and the earth. Now next week, Lord willing, we will see a new heaven and a new earth created. Amen. But right now, I mean, where are we standing? I'm not sure. Are we floating in space? Where is this? What is this throne? Is this the actual throne room of heaven that we're all standing before? By the way, uh, this kills the narrative of aliens and other planets, doesn't it? How can I do that? Because if he took all those away, they're either here or they're, they weren't there to begin with. I believe the narrative that we and we alone are special in the universe. And you'll say, Pastor, you're wrong. And I will say, we'll see. (laughs) Please note with me, there was no place found for them. They are all standing now. So this is not us. This is not the body of Christ. Now this is the unbelievers. And it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works and by the things that were written in the books. Please note with me that they are standing before God. What does that mean? Listen, this is not a trial trying to determine the facts of the case. The facts are in and it's time for sentencing. Uh, When you are sentenced... Uh, In any court in the United States of America, I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but we're just going to work where we live. What does the judge tell uh, the defendant? Would the defendant please? He doesn't sit when he is sentenced. He must stand before the judge as sentencing is leveled out upon them. And so their standing posture means that they are now about to be sentenced. He he says, the dead, the small, and the great stand before God. These are the unbelievers in all of the ages, from the beginning of Genesis all the way until the end of the tribulation. It says that the books are open, and the book of life. The book of life contains the names of all who have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. The other books contain, detail their works, which they have done, and we'll get into that in a minute. In Revelation 3, 5, it says, uh, Jesus speaking, red letters, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Now, I want to pose something to you that I think is biblical and right, and I, I, I can back it up with Scripture. But I want you to hear it this way, the book of life, or we call it the Lamb's book of life. So, if your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, then you go into eternity. Everybody got that? If your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life, you don't go into eternity. But I pose that this is possibly what God is telling us. He is saying that every person that has ever been born on planet Earth, their name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life because Jesus' blood was enough to save everyone, but they chose to be blotted out. Listen to what Jesus says again. Listen. He says, I will not blot out his name from the book of life, which, if we use common sense, that means if you don't accept Christ, then your name is removed from that Lamb's book of life because the blood of Jesus is able to save everyone, but not everyone is saved. Got that? So now they break out that book, and if your name is not in that Lamb's book of life, then you will walk into hell. My heart breaks for people who who might be sitting here or listening and think I'm just a bunch of, I'm just full of air, hot air. That'll never happen. It's going to happen. And when you hear that trumpet blow and you're left behind, you're going to hear a message. I told you beforehand. I wanted you to be with me. And no one will be able to give it. How many of you ever heard this? When I stand before God, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind, by golly. <laughs> and you know what I say all the time? Go ahead. I'll be right here with popcorn. <laughs> Go right ahead. Let me, let me watch. They will See, in a sentencing... The defendant doesn't get to speak. He is only sentenced. The, f- the mere fact that you are standing before the great white throne judgment, you have already lost. It's done. There will also be books containing the works of the sinners being judged, though this does not suggest that a person can do good work sufficient to enter into the kingdom. We know that from Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. So then why would Jesus consider their works, good or bad, to determine the sentencing in the great white throne? Well, because there are degrees in that. Now, please, don't go down Dante's Inferno, because that's not correct, and it's not biblical. But Jesus did say over and over, their sin will be judged more harshly. There is a degree to that. I don't know that... I can't explain it to you. It won't matter to us anyway, but it will matter to them. There will be a degree in that. And so Joseph Stalin and Hitler and Pol Pot and everyone in Congress. Can I get an amen there? Amen. And the CDC and the all the alphabet agencies of our nation and the UN and just everyone will stand before him. They will get their just due. They will not be able to, George Soros, write a check. No one will be able to get out of it. It is only the blood of the Lamb. And accepting Jesus Christ way, you can't like, oh, I want to accept Christ now. Doesn't work. The door has been shut. There is one opportunity to accept Christ, and that is now. Not then. Again, these degrees of punishment in hell are mentioned in Matthew 11, verses 20 through 24. You can look that up. Each sinner will receive just what is due to him and him alone. And none will be able to argue with the Lord or question his decision. For God knows what sinners are doing and his books will reveal the truth. We will know what's on that laptop. We will know everything that's in the CIA's warehouses. Everything that is out there, God will reveal. The things that are hidden in secret, he will reveal openly. No one will be able to to hide anything. That's the thing about planet Earth. People can hide and they can pretend, but when you stand before Jesus Christ in that white throne, you will not be able to to say anything. Matthew 12, verse 36 says this, But I say to you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Everything that somebody has said, they will have to give an account for that. Verse 37 says, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Verse 13 says, and the sea gave up their dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up their dead and were in them, and they were judged, each one according to their works. Now, you might ask yourself, why does he make the point of the sea? Because in ancient times, in this time, in Greek and Roman mythology, they believed if somebody died in the sea, they were irretrievable. So what did John just say by the Spirit? He got, God got it. He got it all figured out. He'll be able to bring up, remember Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. If, if God can do that to make everything out of nothing, he can put together all the molecules and the little pieces in the ocean and from the shark and that shark that was eaten by that shark and that shark and on down the line, all of that comes together and they all stand before God. And so the sea was, uh, gave up their dead and death and Hades delivered up their dead Those were the temporary holding cells for everybody who has not accepted Christ today. That's where they are. They are judged, each one according to his works. And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, which already has uh, the beast and the false prophet, the Antichrist. Also, Satan is already there. Hallelujah, right? Amen. He is already there. And so death and Hades, they're cast into the lake of fire. And then it tells us, This is the second death. You're not coming back from that. And anyone, not, who's an anyone? Anyone not found written in the book of life, or we would say the Lamb's book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. So that is their judgment. And that now becomes all of the verses that Jesus has spoke about, about Gehenna, about hell, the everlasting torment, where the worm dieth not and the heat, and the pain, and the suffering. But it is going to be this, that they will know that they rejected the love of Jesus. They rejected it. No one forced them to reject Christ. They rejected Christ. And part of their punishment for eternity is knowing that they had the opportunity on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, listening to a message in their car, and they chose not Christ. That sends them to hell, because God doesn't send anybody to hell. Well, read ahead. Exciting next week, we get to look at the new heaven and the new earth. What does new mean? Got no idea. And no one else does, so don't buy a book that says, I know what the new heaven and Save your money. We're about to get a front row seat. When God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis one one, the angels were there and they were rejoicing because of what they saw God create. That is what will happen to us, Lord willing, next week. Chapter twenty four, let's pray or twenty-one for next week. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, again for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that our that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that, Lord, that you are coming soon. And you are coming soon to reward those who are faithful in the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord. We don't deserve anything from you, let alone a reward or a crown in heaven. We just want to be with you. And we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So, Lord, continue to minister to us in the time in which we are living in. And that we wouldn't fret and we wouldn't be afraid of man. Because they will all be judged. And all have to give an account of their life. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. In Jesus' name, amen.